In the name of Jesus, amen. I'd like to be the, the first this year to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Just kidding, but only partly. I was at Walmart uh, several days before Halloween, and I counted there were about twice as many aisles already then devoted to Christmas stuff than to Halloween things, even though Halloween hadn't even happened yet. Skipped Thanksgiving. Or my, my oldest daughter, um, who likes to listen to the radio all night, she says it helps her sleep, whatever. <laughs> uh, she was all excited that on November 1st, her sleep station went all Christmas, all the time. <laughs> 24 hours between November 1st and the end of the year, um, all, all Christmas. So Merry Christmas. Uh, I, I said only, only partly kidding, um, because the church itself is somewhat in on this Christmas creep, creeping backward in the in the calendar. You you probably know many of you that our official run up to, to Christmas begins with the season of Advent, which this year starts in a few weeks on November 29th. But the themes of Advent, looking back to Jesus' first coming as a means of getting ready for his second coming, those themes start already today. We'll go on for the next couple of weeks and then right on in to the beginning of Advent. So upshot, it's kind of Christmas already, for better or worse. So getting ready, that's the, the theme. The getting ready for Jesus coming, his second coming, that's what the reading today and then for the next couple Sundays and then right on into Advent will all be about. And so today... The first of a series of parables, the parables, the so-called parable of the wise and foolish virgins. We might call them bridesmaids. First century Palestinian wedding practices were a fair bit different than uh, most of the shindigs you've probably been to, but bridesmaids is close enough. You might imagine them kind of uh, late teenage girls, super excited to be uh, invited to such a soiree, the food, the dancing... Who knows, maybe the, the bartender won't be checking IDs as closely as it should and they'll fly under the, the parents' radar. I imagine them all getting ready together, getting dressed, the perfect dress, the hair, the nails, all that stuff, the whole nine for these ten. Half of whom are morons. It's always fun to point out that the Greek word for fool is literally moron, so they're literally, figuratively, they're, they're, they're morons. At least they'll, they'll prove to be They'll prove to be morons when they did not bother to take extra oil for their lamps. Because what could possibly go wrong that you need extra oil for your lamps? And besides that, uh, extra oil would mean taking the big uh, clunky grandma purse. Sorry, grandmas, that's what we used to call them. It would, uh, it would mean taking the big clunky grandma purse to fit the flask in it but I'd much rather take the sparkly little one that goes just perfect with the the little black dress. The other five, they're the ones that start looking foolish with the great big purses to lunk along those those flasks, but they they prove to be the wise wise ones when something, in fact, does go wrong. When what could possibly not happen does happen. And the big wig, the bridegroom, well, he's... He's late, he's very late to his own party. 
So everyone's lamps go out and they, they fall asleep and they cry, the bridegroom's coming, they all wake up, they trim their lamps, that means they pull out the wick and they, they cut off the burnt part and, and light them and the, the, the foolish, the morons, their lamps are going out, so they say to the wise ones, give us some of yours. They say, can't do that. And it's not selfishness. It's not selfishness. Mind you, I think the kind of the idea is, if you, you might imagine instead of lamps, they had flashlights that required two batteries. And they say, well, give us one of yours. Which if they did that, then nobody's flashlights would work. It's like, sorry, we can't, we can't help you with that. And it's not a utilitarian thing either. You might think, well, they're really foolish because if they didn't have a lamp, just stand next to somebody who does. <laughs> but I think kind of the idea is that the lamp is not just what gives you light, but it's actually the way you welcome and honor the bridegroom. You know, we throw rice, I guess that's not good for the birds anymore, or bird seed or blow bubbles or, or whatever you do to, to honor the wedding party. It seems the way you honor it is by lighting his way into the wedding hall. So you can't just borrow somebody else's. Go off and buy oil, whether that's a good idea or not, whether first century 7-Elevens um, sold lamp oil at uh, midnight, or, uh, but they come back and it's too late. The bridegroom's arrived. He's gone into the party. The door has been bolted shut. Their plaintive plea, Lord, Lord, let us in. And the Lord's response from the other side, I never knew you. It's a haunting response. The Lord's response, our Lord's response, it's a, it's a haunting response. It's a haunting response because there is no way around it. It marks the time, or speaks of the time when there will be no more time. When the door is bolted and those out in the darkness are left in the darkness. It's also haunting because it's rather easy. It's rather easy to picture ourselves with the morons. (laughs) I don't mean picture yourself in a little black dress and sparkly purse, For some of us, that would be its own kind of haunting, (laughs) that picture. But their complacency, their their obliviousness. That's That's why they're morons, after all, because they're all these pretty little winners that can't imagine anything ever possibly going wrong until it does. I mean, the invitation says 6 o'clock. Surely the bridegroom will be there at 6 until he isn't. They cannot fathom anything going wrong until it does, and they're not ready. That's what I mean about their complacency, their obliviousness. What could possibly go wrong? And the cute little dress is just perfect. The the, the coasting, the ridiculous priorities. I'm fine, we're fine, everything will be fine. Until it's not. That's what I mean how it's easy to, to see ourselves, at least myself, with the morons. But I wonder about the wise ones, too. They might be more interesting. <laughs> I mean, think of it. How'd they get that way? Uh, what made them so wise as to prepare for what is not supposed to happen happening? I mean, just in the boundaries of the story, think of it. I mean, we, we can't tell for sure, but maybe... Maybe it was because stuff that was not supposed to happen had happened to them already before. 
So that when the morons said, what could possibly go wrong? They thought to themselves, well. (laughs) The reason I say that is because in my experience, maybe in yours, maybe not. It's the people who have been through tough stuff who are most ready to go through tough or tougher stuff. In terms of our our theme uh, for this time of year, uh, could it be that those who are most ready, as we say, to meet their maker, to meet God, are precisely the ones who in one way or another have already stared down the devil? (laughs) Think of an interview I I heard from uh, 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 Johnny Cash before he died. Um, Johnny Cash had seen a lot in his life, a lot of uh, darkness. And and before he died, he had uh, late-stage cancer, I remember an interview asked him something like uh, to the effect of whether um, he was uh, ready to die. And his response was, was something like, uh, I'm ready for heaven because I've already been to hell. Very Johnny Cash-like, too. <laughs> or the, the song we'll sing, we'll sing uh, this beautiful uh, spiritual, this African-American spiritual, keep your lamps trimmed and burning. We'll sing it uh, uh, during, during communion. I, I Think of that, that tune we sang it in choirs in high school and college with bongos. I should have told Eric to bring the bongos. He would have loved the bongos. So we didn't know bongos today. Uh, but, but that song, is, as you may know, as a, as a slave song, was composed on the fly and, and then sung by those who had stared down the devil, who every day stared down the devil of enforced servitude and everything that it, that meant. Now, they sang it as code, yes, for keep your lamps. It's like literally keep your lamp burning so we can escape when necessary. But more than that, they, they, they sung it uh, infused and fueled with a hope for a life to come, for a light to come, for a dream to be realized and a certainty because, I think, they knew and they'd seen the Lord walk them through so much hellishness. Or think of individuals, too. I think of a couple, a couple many of you know. I think of one woman. I think I've told this story before. In fact, I know I have. Uh, talking to me about something that was not supposed to happen about the death of a child. And then thinking of the potential of her own death and own dying and saying, well, if she can do it, I can do it too. It being dying. Or, or, or one last one. Uh, our, our, another, another member here who died this past year, um, Molly Gilbert, a beloved wife of, of David. I remember speaking to her uh, several months um, before, before she died, and she was telling me about this, I think I had known this before, uh, a major, major heart surgery. David will have to give me the exact details again, but when she was very young, the kind of like the first of its kind, the kind that especially at the time, they didn't exactly know how well it would work or if it worked, how long that kind of refinagling of the heart um, could last, how someone could live, how long someone could live with that. Well, thanks be to God, Molly lived quite some time. But in talking to her in just the few months before she died, what a peace and what a calm she had. And I could not help but think that at least part of the reason for that peace and that calm was that the great trial she'd met earlier in life had readied her, at least partly so, to meet whatever those next months would bring. Readied her to meet the bridegroom whenever he came for her. 
So maybe you see what I mean by suggesting that the wise ones among those bridesmaids, the wise ones among us, at least part of what has made them ready was that a not-supposed-to-happen had happened, that they lived through it already, that the Lord had somehow lived them through it already, a not-supposed-to-happen that had. I was thinking of that. But then I was also thinking that of all those folks I mentioned, you know, Cash, the enslaved singers, Mother, Molly, uh, if they were here, and one of them is, there's a good chance they would say that I got it exactly backwards. They'd probably say that it wasn't the stuff that readied them to face the end, but the end, being certain of it, and ready for it, that ready them to face the stuff. <laughs> See? And if they said that, I wouldn't argue with them because there's truth in both directions. The stuff readies for the end, and the end, knowing it, readies for the stuff. And in fact, if I had to wager, I'd say it's probably that latter one. That, that is the biggest part of what Jesus has got going on with his big get-ready push here in Matthew 25. No, there is no getting around the haunting part. A time is coming when there will be no more time. But Jesus did not come to haunt you. He came to love you and forgive you and to make you strong. Strengthen and preserve you in body and soul, as we say every week after communion. He came to love you and forgive you and to make you strong. And so the reason, you see, that he wants you to be ready for the end is that when you are ready for the end, you are automatically also ready for all the little ends. Whenever it comes, whenever it might be. The end of an election. (laughs) The end of a job. The end of all your skeletons staying hidden. (laughs) Uh, The end of a friendship the end of your reputation, the end of a marriage, the end of a beloved spouse's life, whatever it is that scares you the most, maybe the end of your own life, when you are certain about, when you are ready for the end, well then, fellow bridesmaids, you're also ready for all the other ends too. And how do you get ready for that? Well, part of it, as I already said, is not you getting ready at all. It's life happening, and sometimes the worst things in life you never, ever ask for. But in some odd way, maybe those ready us. But beyond that, how do you get ready for the end, the being ready for which makes you ready for everything else? You watch. Right at the close of the parable, that Jesus told, mind you, just a couple of days before he closed his eyes on the cross. Jesus said, watch. Literally, he said, keep watching. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure when he said watch, he didn't mean watch the clouds. In fact, I bet the first thing he had in his mind when he said watch was something like a watch this. Watch what I am about to do for you. Watch me. 
And so he says to us, Jesus says to us, watch me go up to the cross for you. Jesus says, watch my lips as they say, I go to prepare a place for you. Watch my lips on the cross, says Jesus, as they say, it is finished, by which he means everything is finished, which could possibly keep you from him. Watch Jesus as he strolls out of the tomb on Easter morning, and watch that as a preview of your own Easter stroll that you will take with you, with you and all those you've loved someday. Watch him as he ascends and the clouds to watch over you and everything. In fact, watch right now. Watch these lips as they do right now what he tells them to do every week when they say in the name of Jesus, all your sins are forgiven and you have a father who loves you forever and for free. Watch as these sinful hands deliver to you the sinless body and blood of Jesus, which are for you the foretaste of the wedding feast to come when you'll see the bridegroom face to face. Watch that. Keep watching. Keep watching with your eyes and your hearts and your ears. Keep watching and you will be ready for the end. And when you're ready for the end, you're ready for everything else. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.